like to call a real slob kebab. Yeah. Hi right. guys. Welcome back to another episode of Real Slob Kebab, a Real Housewives and Pop Culture Pod. I really apologize for the sound quality on the last one. I did record it on my iPhone while sitting on my couch. And I'm sure every episode is probably going to sound like I'm being held captive somewhere, but I can't really help that. I'm not a tech whiz. If you listen to podcasts for the sound quality, I don't know what to tell you. You're a nerd. Just kidding. Okay, let's get into it. Potomac. So it's finally Karen and Ray's 200th, 25th wedding anniversary. It begins with this, like, weird double date with Michael and Ashley. That was... I don't really understand Michael and Juan's friendship. I really liked Juan until this season. I was team Juan, and then out of nowhere, he's, like, calling Robin lazy and telling her that he's not attracted to her. And now he's, like, storming out over this baby stuff. Like, I get being, you know, embarrassed remembering your past self and the mistakes that you made and it's no longer you and you don't want to think about it you certainly don't want to talk about it on national television but you have to just communicate and if all she's asking for is she's not trying to shame you all she's asking for I act like I'm talking I act like he's gonna listen to this podcast all she's asking for is reassurance that it's going to be different this time which shouldn't be that hard to do if you're like secure in the fact that it's going to be different this time And if you had given her that reassurance, I don't think she'd be asking you for it again. So, yeah, I feel like if they can't communicate on this, like, maybe don't have another baby. But, you know, they're not asking me. Robin honestly doesn't even seem that excited about it. She kind of seems lukewarm, which I feel like if you're having a baby, maybe lukewarm isn't where you should be at. Also, Michael's saying he had a personal trainer five days a week. Sir, whom? Where? I don't, I'm not buying that. Oh, and they, Michael's still pissed because at Chris and Candace, I guess because Candace tweeted why Ashley was, was like trolling Ashley while she was giving birth, which is, which is not funny and it is fucked up, but it's also like Candace is so good at doing things that are like awful, but also like so funny, like throwing salad. Like, what is that? Oh, I'm glad Robin defended Candace and Chris, though, when whatever his kangaroo, Mr. Down Under, what the fuck is his Michael? Whenever Michael was, like, you know, making fun of Candace and Chris for, like, depending financially on her mom or whatever, and Robin was like, who are you to judge? Like, you're being, like, an elitist prick, Um, which he is. So, like, fuck him. Also, like, get over it. As a viewer... I don't care about this fight anymore. I'm over it. I also like how he was like, I'm older and I had a kid. Yeah, like you do anything, sir. Sorry, I just spray my cap. I love Candace's singing career. I'm, I love Drive Back. I love all the songs. I also love the idea of Chris being Candace's manager. I, he has like no idea what he's doing. I really don't know how this happened. Maybe just because he, like, lost his restaurant during the pandemic. But, like, in that meeting, he, like, asked them a question. I was like, I feel like maybe you should go. And he's like, so how does an album, what's an album? Like, how's it, what is that again? So I feel like you should maybe be more, a little more equipped, Chris. Okay, so Ray and Karen's vow renewal. First things first, their kids are hot. 
Ryan and Karen's heads, kids are smoking hot. They're so hot. I want to see an old photo of Ray because we know Karen is hot and was hot. But, I mean, Ray's a good-looking guy. <laughs> They're both hot, but their kids are very hot. Robin looks amazing in her confessional. I know last episode I said I don't want to talk about the way they look because I feel like we pick them apart too much, but Robin looks really good in her confessional this season. I love how the renewal happens in some sort of, like, warehouse. It happens, like, in a building that looks like the old ice skating rink in my hometown. Candace's mom is cracking me up when she's trying to twerk with Candace and Giselle trying to get her boot up the 800 million steps that were there. I thought it was fun. Until the very end, I thought everyone was having a good time. Oh, and Wendy with that dress. I just don't... Again, I don't want to spend too much time talking about their appearance, but it just seemed logistically like the wrong choice. It seemed aesthetically like the wrong choice. Because if you can't sit in the car, you're probably not going to be able to sit in the event, which she clearly couldn't. It just ended up look, looking crazy. It look, ended up looking like she was getting like helium inflated in her top half. Like she was about to like float. I don't know. It didn't look comfortable at all. And I didn't get the bit with her and her husband in the car. They're hot, and I love them, and I really was was rooting for them, Tyra Banks style, but they're losing me this season. I feel like they're laying it on too thick. I feel like they're just trying to be, like, trying to get a spinoff. I don't know what they're trying to do. Ascal and her hot husband were there. That's really fun. I love how Ascal's hot husband gets away every episode with never saying a word. That's, like, honestly the best strategy if you're going to be, like, a guest star on this show. I also fully don't understand Wendy's thing with Robin and Giselle. I don't understand why she's, like, fueling the flames to that discord. It, it, like, I don't care. I don't... Like, I don't even know... Like, you're not guaranteed another season, you know? But, like, Giselle and Robin are. So maybe count your blessings, Wendy. And I see what they mean by her being insecure. Not because she's, like, showing off her new yabas, but just because she's, like all over the place. She's got insecure energy. She makes you, like, nervous. It feels like she doesn't mean the thing she's saying, you know? You know? I love that Giselle was dating a 34-year-old, even though it doesn't last. I'm really glad that she's finally getting it in. And I like the relationship we has a, she has with the producer. That was really cute. Oh, my God. Gordon getting drunk at this renewal and being horny again. I was getting nervous. Luckily, he wasn't he didn't pop off again. Macy Gray performing. How exciting was that for anyone born in a certain time frame? I really like how the announcer was like, her brand new song. And then the Chiron was like, this is came out in 2001. Candace saying that she needed a Jumbotron to watch their vows too was killing me. Candace adds so much to every event and every scene. Also, who whose DMs is Karen sliding into? That's what I want to know. Whose DMs could Karen possibly just sell saying that Karen slides into other people's DMs? But whose DMs is Karen sliding into? Who? Also, they are getting their vows renewed very soon after he was like, I'm not really sure I love you on national TV. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just, it's real soon. And Michael is so gross the whole event toward Ashley. He like, he's like, oh, look at these. And he's talking about like her boobs. And then he says something else real. He's like, you do look nice 
I agree or something, you know, like in his really weird Michael way. It's like, ew. The best moment, though, was when Michael and Ray were talking and Michael was like, yeah, we've been busy. We have two beautiful boys, whatever. And Ray was like, yeah, they're surprisingly good looking. That was hilarious. He straight up said to Michael's face, they're surprisingly good looking. I died. We need Ray. Also, Juan stirs, stirring shit up again between Chris and Michael. So once again, yet another Potomac season can end with Chris and Michael fighting. It's like, just fucking get it over with. You know what I mean? I really like when Candace was like, the white privileged of it all is nasty. Because I feel like that is exactly what it was. Also, just to point out their white privilege, we look at the fights between Michael and Chris so different than like a fight between Mia and Candace or Candace and Monique. Like, I feel like we look and consider them and talk about them and deal with them completely differently. And also just like, Michael's a white privilege bitch. And then he's like, how far can this woman go? Fuck off. Fuck you. He looks like moldy fruit. Michael looks like a pear that you leave on the counter and you forget about. And then a couple weeks later, you're like, oh shit, this is a puddle. I love how during this whole exchange, though, between Michael and Chris, Ashley's like (laughs) drinking at the bar, like, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Living her best life. Also, when Michael can't agree to not disrespecting each other's wives, you disgusting piece of shit. He, like, stares off like a child. He's such a narcissist, and I really wish that people didn't give him, like, the emotional reactions that he wants. He just wants to get under your skin. He never has a point. It's just about him, like, healing his fucking paper-thin fucking ego. He's so gross. And then he just hugs Juan at the end, which is all his horny little ass wanted. And then Juan leaving, just fucking leaving, not even like hugging Robin goodbye. That was fucked up. Oh yeah, Michael says to Ashley, yo, the whole package, by the way. Like what? Are you her like English teacher? Like what are you, why are you, ew. And then that horrible fight between Candace and Chris. I love them, but Chris cannot talk to her that way. I hate how condescending he is to her. Like she's clearly not insane. She's not like... She's justified in a lot of her reactions, even though a lot of her reactions may be, may be a little over the top. She's still justified in them, and I hate that he just, like, dismisses her completely as if he's any better. Like, he is just as much of a hothead as Candace, I feel like, and just as reactive as Candace. And there's always a calm and nice way to communicate your point. Chris. And then this was the finale, so we found out I guess what they were up to, Giselle broke up with her boyfriend. Ashley wants to have another kid. It's like, ew, please stop. Wendy's writing a memoir. Okay. All right. Okay. And then, yeah, the reunion's coming up with Nikki's doing it. There's a crazy story with Nikki, and I meant to Google it before I did this pod. Just Google Nikki Minaj. I'm trying to stay away from the controversial stuff on this pod, but there's something there was, it's controversial that Nikki's doing this. She's like maybe been harassing someone or her and her husband had been harassing someone. The, just Google it. Maybe, you know, just Google it. On to Salt Lake City. This opened with a chilling scene between Jen Shaw and her, the, the Clyde to her Bonnie 
that um, looks like Buster from Arrested Development. He was on the computer and he's like, we got some new people and I had to do another pass or like something like that. Probably meaning elders, unsuspecting elders getting their pensions stolen from them via the internet. Thought that was interesting. The FBI will probably be watching that as well. Jennifer. Also, I love Jenny's daughter. Jenny's daughter is maybe the best thing to happen to this entire show in decades. And her and her science Saturdays. I hope she gets maybe like a YouTube, maybe she could get like a YouTube show out of this. Maybe she get a spinoff. I would watch Jenny's daughter's science Saturdays every single day of the week. Well, I guess it would just be Saturday, but I would watch every week. So Lisa Long Island Barlow and her sons are having this wolf pack party. They, they crack me up. Somebody said, I was watching this with somebody, and they said Lisa's husband and her sons look like medium, small, medium, and large. <laughs> I thought that was good. They do. What is with their outfits, too? It's like she's making them dress like, I don't know. It's a look. They're going for bold looks. I shouldn't make fun of, like, I guess... 12 year olds on here and I'm not but you can just tell that they're very much under the influence of their parents also the little son could start a cult and I would join it willingly I don't know why he's like the coolest small kid I've ever seen in my life I love how Lisa's like oh, the last thing I wanted was another business I just did this for them it's like you literally said that if you had to spend time with your kids you wanted to like profit off of it and so you started this we all saw season one Lisa Oh my God, and then John's story? How intense was that? John doesn't say anything, and he's got the most interesting story out of anyone. He was in, oh, sorry, that's my drink. He was in foster care, and then was like sent, sent I think like sent back to foster care, and then adopted again. Um, yeah, so anyway, that I thought that was crazy. It's always the person who never talks that has like the most fascinating story. None of the men in Lisa's life speak, which I think is very funny. And then Mary with her headscarf. I loved meeting Heather and Mary for lunch. I love how they were all like speaking in Italian accents. Is going to, is Italian restaurant like a rarity in Utah? Like is eating Italian not that common in Salt Lake City? They were all like, arigatoni. Like calm, calm down, nerds. You're just like literally getting like pasta for lunch. I thought that was weird. I like how Mary hates everything right away. She doesn't eat fish because it could come back alive. Or she doesn't eat raw fish because it could come back alive and start building a family inside of her. That's amazing. I love her so much. I like how Whitney asked if she had fun tubing and she said, bring your kids next time. Also, Whitney couldn't take a joke. They're not, they can't, a lot of these women can't really take a joke. I also, I don't really understand Mary being triggered by someone questioning what she says. Like, I get it's frustrating when someone doesn't believe you and you're telling the truth, but it's like you just want everyone to not question you. Sounds a little like a cult leader, which she is rumored to be. Oh my, oh, well, we'll get there. We'll get to that conversation where Mary is on her dark past or her not so, her present. Mary's leading a cult. I mean, we all saw it. How crazy was that? Anyway, at the Fresh Wolf party, Lisa's sons and husband all look like if the Wiggles had to go to a funeral. They're like in head-to-toe black, turtlenecks, skinny jeans. 
oh wait, this isn't, not at the party at, they do like a photo shoot for Fresh Wolf and then Jen Shaw showing up with that dead wolf on her head. If she's going to go out, she's going out. She's going to wear dead animals on her in this last season. The little kids honestly look scared. The young bald one was like, I don't want to hug her. Also seeing the two get like little apps and then go talk. I feel like in this world, you're either Elisa or Jen and Jen had like a whole plate of like 18 different types of salami and Lisa had like a plate of grapes. And I'm definitely a Jen. I would definitely go with the 18 different types of salami at that app. I wonder what Housewives orders, Real Housewives orders would have to say about this. If you don't follow them on Instagram, you should. It's amazing. He analyzes or they analyze all the meals on Real Housewives. It's really funny. Oh, they're talking about Jen Shaw's, they talk about Jen Shaw's leaked audio, which I completely forgot about, obviously, because she's, She's dealing with a lot more than that now. But she, like, lost her shit on that designer. I don't get why we're talking about that and not the Mary audio of her, like, telling her parishioners that they're going to go to hell if they don't, like, give her more money. It's not that, like, a competition, but I just don't understand why that audio hasn't been brought up yet. (laughs) I like how Jen said she hired him because he was from Hawaii. And she was like, I guess I fucked up. Guess I didn't think too hard about that. Also, why is Lisa getting involved in the whole Whitney giving that guy a gift thing? The guy that Jen hates? I don't understand. It's messy. Also, I don't mean to be mean, but I, and I, I, I don't use hate lightly with these women because I don't hate most of them. There's a lot of hate. You know, there's a lot like Kelly Dodd. There's really repugnant women on this franchise that I hate, but... I cannot stand Meredith. I hate Meredith. She's such a bland, vanilla bean, tofu personality. I feel like she's one of those people who like doesn't have a personality. So she's been watching people with personalities really closely. And she's like, oh, okay. So like a sassy joke. Like I'll make like a little joke. You know, like I'll talk about how like I don't drink smoothies. I drink martinis, you know, or whatever she said to her son. They were like making smoothies. And she was like, I like my vodka blended it's like what are you fucking talking about i feel like she took the note that she was too boring season one and then went a weird way with that and decided to be this like the clip in the trailer of her being like bye bye sweetie or like whatever like i don't i don't know i can't stand meredith at all i can't stand her husband and his sliced bananas no oh and then meredith and heather have their little daughter double date daughter brunch that was weird. I mean, I did like that Heather kind of explained more her story about being the escort or the travel companion for the little person because it was, you know, not a lot of people know the challenges of traveling when you're a little person. So it's like enlightening for the audience in that way. But at first I was like, okay, it's Heather making fun of little people. Is this her like problematic downward spiral? I always feel like the ones who rise the fastest fall the hardest. So I'm like waiting for her to be like the most problematic one. I did hear her on another podcast say that she like supported Jen because like your friends just do stuff sometimes and you have to forgive them. And I think she compared it to your friend like throwing up on your couch. I don't know how you compare throwing up on your couch to like robbing money from elders unwillingly. that's, That's a jump. That's kind of a broad generalization. Anyway, I feel like she's going to be problematic and we're all going to know soon. Also, God forbid Meredith move her mouth when she speaks. Like, what is happening? I feel like it's like a challenge. She's like, let me see how many words I can get out without even like, with looking like a painting. 
I also like the relationship between Jen and Heather. It seems like a genuine one. It's sort of like a Robin and Giselle on Potomac. It's like a real friendship. Um, I like that she gives her all those horny products, too. And it's like, these are, like, for a bachelorette party. These aren't, like, for, like, getting it in. Oh, and then that guy, there's that guy who tells Meredith about all that stuff in Mary's church. That was wild. I feel like Meredith wasn't asking enough questions, although I guess you don't really want to pry. But, like, holy shit. He was basically, like, she's the devil. That was terrifying. And then she's like, I've had nothing but positive experience with her. It's like, yeah, maybe you haven't been a member of her cult, Meredith. And then Lisa knew this. She was like, oh, yeah, it sounds like he experienced real trauma. You knew this? And you're still, like, getting brunch with this woman? That's wild. Oh, and the next episode, that's we already, she's already getting arrested. I can't believe it's so soon. Finally. I feel like then maybe it'll start to pick up. Okay, and speaking of finally, we are finally done. The Beverly Hills reunion. As usual, the trailer was 400 times better than the actual show. That is always the case. Wait, first of all, I'm really excited about Paris Hilton's new Peacock show. I saw a commercial for it while I was watching this reunion. And if you haven't watched Paris Hilton's YouTube documentary, it's really, really good. And, like, very enlightening. She's gone through a lot. But anyway, I really want to watch her show. I don't know if it'll be good, but I want to watch it, and I'll talk about it on here. I know. I can't wait. Right. Okay, I last episode completely forgot to mention how fucked it is that Crystal gets hundreds of racist messages every day and comments every day. And Andy being like, well, don't let it bring you down, kid. It's like, maybe look in the camera, Andy, and ask your shitbag audience to stop fucking racistly trolling this woman to get their fucking shit together and find healing. Maybe you should do that. Don't tell people to don't let them bring you down. It's like hundreds of comments telling you to like fucking die every day. I don't think white men understand like abuse as an oppressed person. Oh, and then how spooky is it that Dorit literally talked about giving Phoenix like all of her bags and dresses and stuff like a day before that robbery at her house. Crazy. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Okay, so once again, we are watching the least aware woman in the world try and understand that she has greatly negatively impact innocent people's lives. We're going to see if we can finally get through to her tonight. I don't think, I don't think it worked. I love how she's like getting pissed at them. Like, why would you ever think I would withhold anything from you? Bitch, you've withheld everything from us. You've literally withheld everything from us. You have, we have to like pry details out and then the details change every day. And then she's like, well, aren't I supposed to pay the bills? You can pay the bills with half a mil or a couple hundred thousand an episode, babe. You can pay the bills with that. You don't need to be showing your ass and telling the haters to eat your pussy. That doesn't need to, that doesn't need to pay the bills. Also, I don't understand how Lisa and Garcelle, or um, Lisa and Dorit, were speaking to Garcelle that way and fucking screaming at her, and they're not speaking to Erica that way. I think it's, like, amazing where privileged white women's values lie. It's crazy. Because, like, what? How are you more offended by, like, Garcelle, like, maybe not really liking you and you picking up on that? How can you be more offended by that than what the fuck Erica did? Like, what? What's wrong with you? 
Oh, and then she's like yelling at Crystal about her anger. Every oh, I like how Lisa's like everyone wants you to beat up on Tom. No one wants you to beat up on Tom. Everyone wants you to have a heart, like even like a little bit, like a quarter of a heart. And you can't. That's you can't do that. You can't sell one Birkin to help one of the victims. That can't happen. Also, how does Erica know exactly how much this firm made? She's like, yeah, we made. She corrected herself, but at first she said we made, and then she's like, the firm made a lot. Like used to make a lot. How do you know that if you weren't involved? Didn't you say you weren't involved? She, like, lies all the time. She contradicts herself all the time. And then Lisa's dumb reactions every, at every, the end of every sentence Erica says. She's like, ooh, what? Like, the faces she makes to the camera. Like, shut up, Lisa. Are you being paid? Like, what's going on there? Did they bury a body together? She's way too supportive of Erica. For someone who wanted to set herself on fire because one of her friends got her proceeded on a business trip... She's acting real weird this season with the Erica shit. And then I honestly think we watch a woman go off the rails. The rest of the 45 minute up, she just loses her mind. Erica, we slowly see her just completely derail. And then everyone says like, oh, we, we don't think she knew when Andy asked. And you can even see on Erica's face, she's like, oh shit, they actually believe me. I don't believe Erica for a fucking second. I think, I believe in Sutton's take. I don't think she knew all the intricacies of everything, but I'm sure she just didn't want to sniff around. I think she wanted to continue to live the life, and then one day, he came to her and said, pack your bags, some shit's about to hit the fan. And that's exactly what she did. And then she keeps being like, you guys can talk to me about it, can we? They literally tried to bring it up a million different ways, and you threatened to sue them. You threatened to sick... Tom on him with his cataracts. Also, how are you spending your money on this much glam? How do you look this good every day wearing this much designer and you're not paying any of the victims back? It's painful to watch clips of her from the show with the fake crying and the Kyle. It's hard to watch. It's hard to digest. Oh, and her usually wearing waterproof mascara. I thought that was under her. It's like, it's hard to believe you, bitch. Cause, and it also doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if everything you're saying is true. You still seem heartless. You still seem like you don't give a shit. You still seem like someone who has no idea what empathy is if it bit you on the clit. You seem like you have no idea what compassion is. So it doesn't fucking matter if you didn't know the mas- mascara or the f- car flipped and it really snowed in Pasadena. It doesn't fucking matter. You're still, like, a heartless piece of shit. And then he's like, did you ask her if she did it? Or if he did it? If Tom did it? And she's like, I asked, why would you leave me with millions of dollars with lawsuits pointed at me? You are playing the victim still. How do you not see that? Do you not understand what playing the victim is? I don't get it. I don't get it. You're still living a better life than most people will ever live, ever. I don't think that's what she understands, which is crazy because she lived a normal life before. Granted, it was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long. She's not that old. She's not in a memory care facility. She should be able to remember that she had a small apartment and a normal job not that long ago. Her life's still good. Oh, I loved when Andy called Lisa Rinna out for all the shit she's done the past few seasons about calling Denise out for, like, her post, calling it, like, a sympathy post when she posted about having, like, nine hernias removed. It was amazing to see her just, like, eat crow and be like, I do, I do feel like a dick for that. She's such a piece of shit. 
Oh my God. And then Erica trying to justify her blowing up at Sutton being like, I'm coming for you is slang. (laughs) It's slang. Yeah. For, for what? Like we're looking for, for some clarity here. It sounds like you were going to come for her in some capacity. What could that possibly be slang for ma'am? Oh, and that's when Erica starts to say something questionable. And she says, Potomac and Atlanta would consider would have considered that a conversation. And then she tacks on New York at the end. But, you know, and Garcelle was like, the fuck? Like, after she said Potomac and Atlanta would act that way, Garcelle was like, what does that mean? Like, that's when she spoke up. Because it seemed like a trend there, didn't it, Erica? Like, what does that mean? The non-white seasons would have considered that a conversation? Why? Because they scream at each other? Fuck you. And then she's like, Beverly Hills is so precious. It's like, you know, something tells me, something fucking tells me that if you were to plop somebody who defrauded innocent victims of money, millions of dollars for decades, if you plop that person in any of those seasons, they'd be disgusted by them. And you'd get your ass handed to you, hopefully. The Beverly Hills women aren't precious. They're just too fucking nice to you. That's what they fucking are. Piece of shit. Also, she keeps bringing attention to herself. I think she's narcissist 101. Like, every people, other people are talking about other things. It's like, it's not on you for a second. If I were your legal advisor, I would tell you to shut the fuck up right now. The camera's not even on you. And she'll, like, talk. She'll be like, well, I show up. Like, no one's talking to you right now, bitch. That's like a narcissist to a T. Oh, and then Sutton's like, you were being a child when you were speaking to me that way. And she's like, nah, you were a bitchy fucking cunt. Like, okay, well, that's a good way to prove that you're a mature adult by calling someone a bitchy fucking cunt for acting very reasonably. Oh, and then her pretending to be her friend on that trip and being like, no, I wasn't lying. I was playing your ass. I wanted Andy to ask for the clarification there. What is the difference between lying and playing one's ass, Erica? I would have said if I were in Andy's shoes. Like, what the fuck is the difference? What are you talking about? You don't even know what you're talking about. This is when the wheels really came off, I feel like. And this whole episode ended up being a snooze because Erica didn't even answer all the questions directly. She, like, barely answered any of them directly. And she just screamed at everything they said. And then how many flips was Tom's car? I feel like she went back on that. And how bizarre when Andy was like, why was there snow? Like, that's so weird. And she was like, we're not going to talk about that. What? We're not going to talk about why there was snow? That should be the easiest question to answer in all of this. It's, oh, he lives up north. How easy was that for me to sound like a normal person? Oh, he lives in Northern California. He lives in XYZ. You didn't Google a place where it snowed? I just don't get this woman at all. And then there's no police report. Why? My big question is why even bring up this crazy story? Her and Kyle were just sitting on the couch, waiting to get a facial. And out of nowhere, Erica's like, Tom rolled his car five times. No one asked. Why provide all these absolutely bizarre details if it didn't happen? And you're going to change your story and lie and not want to even answer why there was snow. Why add the snow? I have... This, I, I don't get it. And then she's, she's like, oh, I've been helping the investigation. Dorit was like, then say that, you crazy bitch. Like, what are you, just say that. Why are you acting so weird? Just be like, you know, I'm helping with the investigation. I don't really want to talk about it further. How do you think the way you're handling it is at all normal? 
and how an innocent person would behave. That's what I would like to know. And then she's like, I hope it gave you clarity. Bitch, come on, fuck you. You didn't give us any clarity. I love how Kathy's only note was to apologize to Garcelle for that dinner party. Although, I love Kathy, but I feel like she literally, like, queefs and people are like, iconic. I feel like she could, like, stab a homeless person and people are like, queen behavior. Like, she's not that great. Like I said, the quicker the rise, the harder the fall. We're going to find some skeletons in her closet if she comes back for another season, I bet. There's something not right there. She didn't seem that worked up about the Erica thing. And she's like, oh, we all have lawsuits. Like, mm, okay. What are we going to find out about you, Kath? I hated the way Erica was talking to Crystal. I hated it. Crystal, I was asking the most normal question. She also looked amazing with that magenta, the mascara, or the um, magenta eyeshadow in the dress. Loved it. Oh, yeah, and then people praising Kathy for, like, putting on lipstick while Erica's being interrogated about the $20 million, and they're like, ha, 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 like, how funny. She's like, doesn't even give a shit. It's like, yeah, she doesn't give a shit. She definitely has done something akin to this before. Her and whoever, Granddaddy Hilton, eh, there's something going on there. Like, it's not cool to not... I don't get why, if other people are apathetic to it, it's, like, bad. But when Kathy, she can just do no wrong. I don't get it. Well, that's it. That's all I have for you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more Real Housewives and hopefully more outside Real Housewives pop culture since now Bev Hills is done. So I'll see you then. Bye. We got two beautiful boys. They are surprisingly good looking. Yeah, look at that.